appreciate everybody for tuning in to the nation. Really do. My name is Law Nation. Let's get this thing going. We're going to talk about this thing. Earl Thomas. Brilliant. Wonderful. He <laughs> just signed a big contract, guys. And uh, leverage is everything. And we're going to break this thing down. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Let the room fill up. We're going to talk about this real talk. Yeah. Let's go. Appreciate you all, man. Thank you all for tuning in to the nation. Uh, don't get mad. <laughs> Dollar Ninja said we took that hell. Juan, what's good, fam? Appreciate you for tuning in to the nation. All right, so there's enough people in here. Let's talk about this thing. So a lot of people feeling like boo-boo the fool, right? A lot of people feeling like, hey, it's the end of the freaking world. Uh, Earl Thomas finessed the hell out of the Dallas Cowboys, and all we want to do is this, this. <laughs> when we talking about leverage, the biggest brand, the biggest market media out there as it relates to any sports. I know that New York got all of the major networks there, but it's right here in Dallas. And it's been done time and time again. We, we hear players that say, hey, man, my favorite team of all time is the Dallas Cowboys. And I grew up wearing their jerseys. I grew up envisioning myself to be an Emmitt Smith. Or I grew up wanting to be like the Drew Pearsons of the world, the uh, 88, the original, the original 88. And it also grew up loving Michael Irvin. We get that time and time again, right? So there's no mystery. A lot of times people use a big market media like the Dallas Cowboys as leverage. Uh, they get the pulse. They get the vibe going. Jerry Jones can't get out of his pants fast enough to just whip it out and tell everybody, look, y'all see what I got? <laughs> That's just the reality of it. The draft is still around the corner. Yes, you're right, Joseph. And and that's, that's the reality of it. But let's look at this big old contract that Earl Thomas, man, the third, who finessed the hell out of everyone about signing with the Cowboys, wanting to play for the Cowboys, saying that he grew up loving the Cowboys. Look, I took a pay cut to move to Dallas, you see, because this is no, I know for sure that the opportunity was going to be greater for me longer down the road. Now, I don't make the type of cash that NFL players do, but there sometimes you have to fold up and do things for the betterhood of your family. And and it worked out to his wonders since I moved here in Dallas. A lot of things that happened for me, but I can't speak to everybody's situation. Now, his situation was he always wanted to be the highest paid uh, safety desk in the NFL because that's what he I guess he come from a small town, hometown, small guy. And, and one thing I can tell you like this, a lot of people say money don't change a person or well they don't need a lot of money those people that say that <laughs> are really telling you fibs right uh we already know that money makes this world goes around uh it's it's, it's close you can look it up google it <laughs> and type in money answereth all things and you will find a bible verse attached to it so that's how much money is, is just involved into this thing and we'll talk about salary cap as well we'll talk about that but let's jump around here and look at this uh, big board right here let's look at this uh contract and uh and let me know if you guys was, were willing to to have the cowboys to pay something like that remember the brandon car deal right we all remember that 
we remember that Brandon Carr deal. And to me, I'm thinking that Dallas Cowboys, ever since that deal, said, you know what? I'll be damned if we ever pay another guy $50 million out for free agency. We don't care who he is. We don't care what he can do. We don't care what his possibilities can be to help elevate this team. All right, so safety, free safety, Earl Thomas, 29 years old, uh, nine-year pro, first-round draft pick, 14th overall in 2010. Of course, uh, his agent, David, I can't say his last name, agent, and uh, Earl signed a four-year, $55 million contract with the Baltimore Ravens, including a $32 million guaranteed on an average annual salary, average annual salary of thirteen. Seven five. So he's going to get paid money, and of course, it's right above where he was talking about targeting. We were trying to settle for anywhere between eight and ten million dollars. To me personally, I love what Earl can do. But remember, I told everybody if we can just wait to after the draft, maybe that price drop a little bit. But the thing is, when you're talking about this right here, let's just talk about it. When we're talking about the actual salary cap, there's no way, there's no way that we can look at the salary cap and think that these billionaires are utilizing the the much money that they make as far as revenue towards these players. 188 million. Hey, you can, you can try to chop that up as much as you can. But it would never equate to a billion. These are billionaires. And on top of that, most of the stadiums that they play at, guess what? The state plays for their stadium. They pay the taxes for it and everything. So to be in the NFL, to be an NFL owner, you're winning. One million percent you are winning. Let me just say this. One billion percent you are you are winning. Uh, Tyrone Church said, hey, just pay D-Law. Well, the uh, the situation with the law is that they're just waiting for their shoulder to get done. <laughs> That's what they're arguing about. But let's look at the fair market value. The fair market value of Earl Thomas' contract was $14.3 million. So they're just below that fair market value. And they got all of the uh, based off calculations and things like that of what element that he brings to the table now a lot of people were saying that hey earl thomas is injury prone uh, i want a lot of people to pump the brakes on that because he had a patchwork done on his leg he broke his leg the first time previously before that he was like the iron man guy that hardly get injured yes he had some hamstring issues but he always was out there on the field but what happened he broke his leg they did the patchwork and then he rebroke his leg again. So those large amount of games uh, that, that that happened or occurred to him, uh, missing time off on the field, occurred within those last previous two years. Now we can look at the uh, Sean Lees of the world and we can talk about who, who, who can stay healthy on the field. But for Earl Thomas to uh, get now titanium rods put in, inserted into that particular leg, that leg may stay and last forever now. So uh, that that's, that is why you would want the surgery to be done. So we never want to take a, a shortcut as it relates to health and and, uh, and for players. We never want to take that particular route. So with Earl Thomas's other worlds, compared to what A.D. Lawrence is going through, or D. Law, that's why I call him, call him Tank Law, <laughs> is going through, is this right here. The Dallas Cowboys are scared to pay that guaranteed money 
and not knowing what they can what was going to happen with that shoulder now torn librams normally it takes three to four months for recovery time so at some point i would like for jerry jones stephen jones and hell jason garrett and d law and his particular uh agent to be locked up into a room and uh and get that deal done they need to get that deal done because we don't want to be sitting around waiting for d-law to go through his particular uh recovery period and we wait too late and he missed all of training camp he missed all of you know workout uh preparations and things like that so we don't want that to happen shout out to you hope appreciate you shout out to you a uh, that's on the uh, Periscope. Appreciate you for tuning in to the nation. Don't forget to hit that like button, share this content. Let me know how you guys feel about the Earl Thomas situation. Do you guys feel that he finessed this entire team to get more money into his pockets? Or do you guys think that he genuinely, genuinely, very much genuinely wanted to play for the Dallas Cowboys? Or was it all a ploy? <laughs> Tamara Park, appreciate your law. You're right. Brilliant move on Arrow Thomas and It is because if you want to do leverage, if you want to say, hey, I want to make the maximum amount of money for those who are out there in high school now, for those who are out there in college, and you all always want to say, okay, I know for sure I want to make the big dollars. All you got to do is just call 105.3 to fan. They gullible enough. Call up uh, 1310 to ticket. They gullible enough for news stories and things like that. Hit up Jerry Jones. Shoot them a text message. Do some workout. Put some Cowboys gear on. And they would love to have you in to come in and do the interview. And with that interview, you're going to get, get heard all the way around the world. Look at Earl Thomas Bile Dollar to me right now. He's saying, yeah, law, you're right. Because... That is how you do that in this game. You use the leverage. You use the Cowboys fan base because this Cowboys fan base, I never in my entire life seen something that's so a such a, uh, I want to say dividing, the great divide almost. You got 50% of the Cowboy fan base saying this and 50% of the Cowboys saying that and nobody never mutually agree about anything. <laughs> hey, we we get mad at other teams for we, we, look. This is the thing, and my my brother from another mother, no other. Don't look like Danny Glover. Keep it cool with us, Vach. He 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 was saying this the other day on his Twitter, and he was so right. He was one million percent right. Cowboys want to be like the Patriots, but then they look at the free agency, and they and the Cowboys get mad because we're not making moves at the free agency. See, it's contradictory, meaning that at one point you want to be like the F Patriots. And then on the other end, you're saying, hey, why, why are we not like the Patriots? Because it's, it, it's, it's crazy in a sense. How about this right here, Cowboy Nation? Can we just be about the Cowboys? Just like Jason Hatcher. It, it, it's crazy to us to start poking and bringing in all opinions when we were never inside the locker room. We were never close to the situation. We were never close to the matter. This guy was inside the locker room. Nine times out of ten, you got to give him a little bit more lead way than somebody who's not inside the locker room. And then on top of that, this is how the world works. If somebody, if it's more than one or two people saying something about you, then nine times out of ten, there's the truth somewhere in the mix. Not everybody's lying on Jason Garrett. 
I heard some people saying that, oh, Hatchard is just talking out of his you-know-what, and he's lying about Jason Garrett. So is Jesse Holly, and so is T.O., and so is, you see what I'm saying? It's a pattern. The the, uh, the uh, Butler kid and, and uh, who else was talking about this? DeMarcus Ware, of all people. Yeah, so there's the truth somewhere in the mix with Cowboy with Cowboys Nation with this situation with the um, Jason Garrett sabotaging Wade Phillips or Wade Phillips not being, um, I guess, knowledgeable enough to coach teams. But in between that time frame, Wade Phillips, what? How, how many times he been to the Super Bowl since he left Dallas? Uh, has it been three times already? Uh, he went to the Denver... He was there when they lost, right? Then he was there when they won. I could be off. And then he went and took the L.A. Rams to the uh, to the Super Bowl as it relates to being a, a, a defensive coach. This is the thing. People don't forget football. People don't forget how to draw plays and X's and O's. The game still remains the same. 11 on 11. It's nothing different. You don't all of a sudden have 12 people out there. You don't all of a sudden have 13 or 10. It's still 11 on 11 football. It's called human nature, just training. Appreciate you. Yes, thank you for uh, uh, bringing that point up, human nature. Uh, yes, yes, uh, twice, I think, yeah. Uh, it could be three. Hatcher, Hatcher is just salty because he didn't, because we didn't pay him. I don't know. I don't know about that because he, got, he opened up the bank uh, with the Washington Deadskins. He opened up a lot of money. Uh, you got to hand it to Robert Kraft. This is Ikeel. Uh <laughs> Crafty is crafty, and we already know that he's figuring out ways to <laughs> – he's watching, he's sliding out of all this stuff because at the end of the day, Robert Kraft is sitting back saying, yes, let this news keep boiling out over. Let the Cowboys still talk about this. Let the, let the Cowboys talk about the David Irving situation. Oh, R. Kelly got in trouble? Yes, Robert Kraft, his news has been gone. Gone, gone, gone away and disappeared. Five months from now, they, people won't even mention this. <laughs> hey, but if we already know if it was Jerry Jones in a pinch, they would have had it on first take. They would have had it on MySpace. They would have had it on Black Planet. They would have brought that back. They would have had it on uh, ESPN, 1, 2, and 3, Espanol's ESPN. They would have had it on all of the channels talking about Jerry Jones being caught up with a prostitutional ring or whatever. But it slowly dissipates and it slowly goes away when it's something not dealing with the Cowboys. And Earl Thomas saw the same thing. He knew for sure that the media, the Skip Baylesses of the world, and the Shannon Shops, and that guy with the big, mighty, big mouth, Stephen A. Smith, he knew for sure that they was going to talk about these type of things that was going to elevate the pricing. And everybody saw. Now, this is, this is weird. Normally, the market value subsides and it settles down at a certain point. But this is weird. <laughs> day one went by, day two went by, then all of a sudden somebody reached into their pocket and went out and paid that big bag for Earl Thomas called the Baltimore Ravens. But do they have history of doing this? Eric Weddle, right? Eric Weddle was 34 when they released him. So they looked at it from this aspect of it. Hey, well, they got at least a decent year from Eric Weddle. And if you compare in the analysis and use Earl, Earl Thomas's situation to this, at least he probably can pay pay at a um, 
play at a high level at least until he's 33. So we're going to reach into our pockets and go ahead and pay this man. But remember, I used the analogy yesterday, last night at the late night, at the late night stream. I used this same analogy. What the NFL has bamboozled everybody into believing that they cannot survive without the salary cap. They got everybody believing that they can't afford to pay their players. They got everybody believing that, hey, you guys remember, whenever we start moving the, the needle and whenever we start moving and making things happening and changing the rules up a little bit, we get hit with some erroneous flags, right? You saw that against the uh, time when they talked about something with a a, a, a salary cap situation when we paid uh, Miles Austin too little of a money and they took away some money from us because we paid him uh, too much with our roster bonus. We paid him too much with our um, – I've got the name of the bonus, the workout bonus. It was something like that. And they I think they either took a draft pick from us or they 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 they, they kind of put a ruling out there that we couldn't do that and they did something, they fined us and things like that. The NFL got everybody believing that this salary cap is put into place to make every team competitive. But we look at these smaller market teams and they're still doing the same mundane thing over and over again. The bills of the world. Let's go sign a guy, John Brown, and send him a whole bunch of money. Then they sign another smaller guy, Cole Beasley, and send him a whole bunch of money. And it inflates the market. And now you don't know what the true value of a, of a dollar is. Just like with the Landon Collins situation. They overpaid. The Washington Redskins paid too much money for Landon Collins a box safety. So what's going to happen now is that the next cornerback, when his max deal is coming around the corner, he's going to say, come on now, you guys are paying that much money for Landon Collins, who's a box safety, who can't cover out in space. I want this amount. And they move it up inch by inch. The players got the NFL sometimes by the cojones because they're saying, I'm going to leverage your fan base against your what you're supposed to do. And, and people fail to realize this, is that the NFLs have created a, 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 a jigsaw puzzle almost because you really, at this point, do not supposed to be a team fan. At this point, Cowboy Nation, you do not supposed to be a team fan. If you're looking at, at the philosophy of how they talking about building this particular NFL. You do not supposed to fall in love with the Cowboys. You do not supposed to fall in love with the 40 Winers. You do not supposed to fall in love with the Colts. You do not supposed to fall in love with the Green Bay Packers. You supposed to fall in love with the individual players because the business psyche of the asp of, of the whole, the entire picture is always going to get in the way when it's come time to play to pay the guys. Because you're going to always say to yourself, the, the Cowboys are doing this player dirty because they're not being loyal. You see, that's the problem. That's the situation when you look at the total picture of everything. Because if you're supposed to be a fan of the team, then you'll say, okay, it's the team. It's not about the player. But at the same time, you will still fall in love with the player, but the player is going to move on to another team. And you're going to say, well, why did the Cowboys didn't do didn't do all what it takes to get this particular guy to stay on the team. No, it's impossible because you got a $188 million salary cap. So the Cowboys got to either cut this guy and keep this person and, and let this person walk. The person that half of the fan base and already bought jerseys to, then already signed, uh, 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 mate. Some some people are crazy enough to name their kids after players. You know things like that. Some people get shake a certain player hand and never wash them. <laughs> so that's how it goes when you're talking about the salary cap. 
And, and law, what, what, do, what kind of rationale do you have with this? <laughs> yeah, uh, how much uh, Derek uh, says, how much money of that is guaranteed? I think it was 32 of that money is guaranteed. Let me look at his contract details again. Uh, I think it was like 32 of that money is guaranteed. And there's no way that the Cowboys are going to reach into their pockets and pay this man 32 million guaranteed when you still got to pay Ezekiel Elliott, got to pay who you drafted. My thing is either they're going to have to reconstruct their salary cap and give bonuses to the guys that we draft. Because if you reach into your, 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 your research and you do all of the study and you do all of the hard work and you draft a player and you develop that player and four to five years later this contract is up and now you got to trade off the player or you got to reach into your pocket and pay the player but you don't have enough money because you drafted well this shouldn't be your fault remember I gave this analogy yesterday uh, just let's say for example if all of the fast food restaurant chain was under the salary cap issue Meaning that if the Chick-fil-A's of the world's and let me just throw out another fast food restaurant, the Burger King, if they was giving you ultimate unforgettable customer services, I'm talking about the best customer service you can ever find, the best customer services you can ever think of. And you said, man, that ocean water drink was good from Sonic's or those chicken nuggets from uh, Chick-fil-A. Man, that was great. But you are a loyal fan of those two franchises. Or let's just say with Chick-fil-A, you are a loyal fan of how they make their milkshakes. And you say, man, their customer service is great. But then old Wendy's come along and say, well, a piece of that revenue belongs to me because we all are part of this one umbrella. And it don't matter how well they are doing because I deserve a piece of it because I'm a smaller franchise. And guess what? When that guy that, that made you that milkshake, when his salary is up, I want to get him because now I have the now I have the ability to have that guy that can make the best milkshakes. <laughs> it don't work in the National Football League. It's not working, meaning that the salary cap is just not right for everyone. For us to pour upon all of our money and, and support the Dallas Cowboys with our jerseys, going to the game, buying all the tickets. Hey, just to be in the parking lot is $50. And then I ain't even talking about going into the game at this point and spending all of our hard-earned money, gas, flying out to the Dallas Cowboys Stadium to watch a game and, and going out buying jerseys and all of a sudden three to four years down the line, you don't have enough. You, you, you've been supporting this team and all of a sudden the Cowboys don't have enough money to keep that player on the said team. Because of, because of the salary cap. Although they want to pay the player. Remember, Wendy's not even thinking about paying the player. They don't even know how to scout and evaluate this particular guy. They don't even know how to look up this guy's measurables and heights and things like that, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they get the benefit from you developing that particular guy and in return the max that you can get from moving on from this person either you're going to lose somebody that you you didn't draft it and you picked up on your team or you're going to get a compensatory pick and that can be a range what three third round draft pick and you're looking at this game like man this is crazy it's crazy, Cowboy Nation. Yeah, Burger King, thumbs down. <laughs> this is from Rodman. Yes, yes. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where we're going to have to look at this whole entire picture and we're going to have to look at how the Cowboys are going to have to. <laughs> hey, uh, Tamara Parker said the ocean water from Sonic. Yes, it's nice, man. You got to try it. It's good. It's, it's delicious. But uh, 
we got to look at this whole entire landscape. We've been doing a great job of drafting Cowboy Nation. We've been doing a wonderful job of uh, evaluating players. We just need that one or two explosive guys that can help us out in, the, in this draft this year. Um, and the money can never be guaranteed like the NBA. Uh, and, and I know a lot of people always go back to the NBA argument, but the NBA is this right here. You got over, what, 80 games. You have, uh, what, 16 players opposed to 53. Uh, each individual player uh, play both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And and, uh, and then on top of that, the exposure. You know, it wouldn't be hard when you look down there and say, okay, that's LeBron James. Or, or if you look over and say, that's Chris Paul. Or that's James Harden over there. Or th- these guys are recognizable. But football, you got a helmet. You got pads on. Sometimes, hell, there's been people that walk by the honey badger and thought that he's still a high school kid, you know, and he's asking for directions. And he said, hey, go down this street, take a left on <laughs> on, um, on, um, on Martin Luther King. And that's how you get to that restaurant, you know. So the NBA uh, guaranteed uh, dollars and things like that and the guaranteed contract, they got it figured out. And, and and on top of that, it's just less players, less responsibilities. And, and then also the, the baseball organization, they got it figured out too. They got this thing figured out uh, as far as how they, they pay their players, how they give max contracts out, and how every tub must stand on its own bottom. They got it all figured out, Cowboy Nation. Antoine Myers, thank you for the donation to help grow the nation. He says, help me, law. This one hurts. Spit some knowledge. <laughs> Look. You got this right here. The Ravens picked before us in the draft. They now sunk in $32 million. They're going to pay uh, Earl Thomas a lot of money, meaning that when the draft come around, they no longer have to pick up a Juan Thornhill. They no longer have to look at and evaluate a Jonathan Abrams. They no longer have to have a Taylor Rapp on their draft board. One can argue and say, well, they still can draft that person. But chances are they're going to look elsewhere. Now that player falls a little bit closer to us. And you talk about implementing this system. Look, there's so many things that we just don't know. And I was going to say this the other day, but uh, one caller uh, on another show said this right here. Roll reverse. Don't you think that Chris Richard knows everything about Earl Thomas? Antoine? Myers, don't you think that Earl Thomas knows what Chris Richard is looking for? And Chris Richard knows what Earl Thomas is. Now, I can say this. When that when first free agent day hit and the second day hit, I think for sure that Will McClay, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and Jason Garrett, and maybe Kelly Moore and whoever else, Rob Papa Rob Marinelli said, hey, Chris. Come talk to me right quick. They shut the door and they said, hey, should we go all in on Earl Thomas or can you develop Xavier Woods? Or can we draft a guy that can be sim- have similar traits like an Earl Thomas to help put this team over the top? And I guarantee you, Chris Richard probably said, yeah, each one teach one. You know, accountability, dependability. I can do that for this team. I can find the next Earl Thomas. Don't sink $32 million into this kid. I got you. <laughs> That's probably what would what, what happen. You know, I'm not, 
<laughs> I'm just only speculating, but that's probably what happened. Uh, box cards, man. Appreciate you for making a donation to help grow the nation. He said, what are the holes in the Cowboys roster right now? Um, I, I would say it, it's got to be on that front five, on that front four. Front five is going to be good. That's the offensive line. Front five is going to be good. We get Travis Frederick back. But I would say the uh, pitfalls or the holes on this particular uh, team will be the defensive front. Uh, I think that they're going to still draft the defensive uh, linemen. Uh, the David Irvin news and the Randy Gregory, and then on top of that, the Randy, the, uh, the D-Law situation came just like this. They probably already knew about David Irvin, but the Randy Gregory situation came like this. And we're we going to need some help. Uh, we're going to need more than an Antoine Barbecue Woods. We're going to need more than a Dorrance Armstrong. Remember, I'm with the mindset and the notion to build from the interior on out. So they talk about Ed Oliver. They talked about dangling Daylaw out there for a first and a second or a first, two firsts and you know, a first and a third and a second or, you know, conditional picks and things like that. But we're going to need help inside. Now, I'm thinking that at this point, the Cowboys ought to just be patient enough to wait till after the draft. There's still some veteran help that they can get on the back end to help out the safety play. Uh, there should be still, I know a lot of people don't like ha-ha Clinton Dix, but to me he's just a little bit better at Kayvon Frazier who can cover, you know, and is a little bit faster than Kayvon. So you, you would bring him into the mix just for maybe um, veteran help or, you know, you'll just continue to, you know, Day by day, play evaluation. They don't want to get synced in too much money spending it on older veteran guys. That's just been the philosophy, especially since Brandon Carr. Um, man of God, what's up, man? Appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, I would trade Lawrence as well. This is what he's saying <laughs> to get more picks. That that's just you know a philosophy that was thrown out there by Brian Broaddus, who's a brilliant guy out there who uh, who does all of the player uh, post player evaluation of once they've been drafted and things like that. Uh, watch the sign. A nobody or three sign, three sting, or the third string, and put him in as a starter. Shaking my head. Sad, very sad. This is Dem Eyes, though. Dem Eyes, though. He said, watch the sign in nobody. A third string and put him, as, him in as a starter. Okay. I, feel, I see what you're saying. Um, they did re-sign. Look, the Cowboys philosophy, they made a sign today. They did uh signed Jamez Olawale. He agreed to term. So the Dallas Cowboys are about signing their own guys. You know, uh Cowboys vet, he said no respect for the Xavier Woods. We'll see. Xavier Woods, hey, shout out to Louisiana Tech. He had some instincts playing the, in the college level, and we saw some of those growth factor as he started to play in, for the Cowboys uh last year and I guess in the previous two years well is going into his third year. So it takes normally about three to four years for those defensive backs to, to really grab hold to what the offense and the defense are trying to, what the offense are trying to do and what the defense is trying to take away. So it, it takes him a time. So we just have to just wait. Uh, Barry Griffin, appreciate you, man. Thank you for tuning in to the nation. Guys, I must say this right here. 
if you guys have uh, love and adulations and thoughts of going to the game, going to the Cowboys game, uh, I behoove you to click on the link that's in the description box and check that out. It's called Cowboys Experience. We got tons of information there where you can go and check out. I'm talking about be at arm reach, reach against the players, with the players, former and current players. Man, it's a fantastic deal. Uh, Porter, appreciate you. Thank you for the donation to help grow the nation. E.T. was a first round lock for a reason. I can't see them going to Coach Richard and saying, can you make the Earl Thomas, can you make the Earl Thomas that tough? Uh, Porter, re-put that in the uh, chat box for me, man. Uh, He says, uh, I couldn't read that right, man. Uh, I can't see them going to the Coach Richard and saying that, can you make the E.T., let me see if I can break down what you're saying. Uh, appreciate you for making a donation to help grow the nation. So my thing is, what you're saying is that you can't see Chris Richard answering questionings about Xavier Woods being the next Earl Thomas or finding another Earl Thomas type of guy out there on the backfield. I, I can see what you're saying. Like, yeah, he's 14th overall pick in 2010 for a reason. But I, what I'm looking at it collectively is that this defense just need a little bit of help. And probably we can find a veteran guy that's in this uh, still free agent pool, especially after the draft. Justin Houston is out there. You're right, Marcus Garvey. Yes, he's out there. Man of God. He was the first round look because of this class he was in. Yeah. But what, what the uh, Chris Richard can say, if what he have a weapon in his back pocket would be like, hey, this guy right here, Richard Sherman, was not a first round draft pick. I elevated his game. Chancellor, he was not a first-round draft pick. I elevated his game. You see, uh, there's ways, guys, where we can look into this thing. But just don't overthink. Just not say that we're not winning anything because one player decided to not come to the Cowboys. Guys, we're going to get back to this thing one way or another. Don't lose fight. Don't lose out on the fight. Don't lose out on your sight. Don't lose out on your hope. Let's get this thing. Remember, a prize fighter, even when he's falling down, he's continued to punch. All we got to do is continue to swing. I know we've been hearing this thing continue to fight. But as Cowboys fans, all I want to say this right here is just be patient. The offseason is long. There are things that, uh, seeable things that can happen. Look. <laughs> Only thing that's guaranteed in life out here in the football world, as it relates to football world, is that the Patriots going to win their championship. <laughs> they going to win their division, what have you. And we are going to have Cowboys fans always fighting one another, right? That's the only thing we can guarantee at this point. That's what it's been like for the last few years. But don't fret about that. Let's continue to grind. Let's continue to grow, man. Uh, he says... Uh, Porter, appreciate you, man. Thank you for the donation to help grow this day. He said, my bad. Can you make the next A.T.? Uh. <laughs> you can't make the next Earl Thomas. No, no, no. You can't make the next Earl Thomas, nor can you make the next Xavier Woods. But what we can do is develop and train and see if what we can do to elevate each and everybody else on this team. Remember, football is different from any other sport. This is the ultimate team sport. 
I will say this. The Chiefs led all, most teams. I think they was like number three or something like that in sacks. Meaning that they was flying out to the ball. They was doing all those wonderful things. But remember, I'm talking about the total team sport. They was number three in sacks. We would say, yes, that's a good figure to be on. But number ranked 28th or 29th in overall in defense. Could be ranked 30th in overall in defense. So you got to have a balance. You can't pay too much. Per, you can't pay too much on one end of the spectrum. The Patriots got the formula where you pay the quarterback. Yes. And I trust me, not everybody got a Tom Brady. But that's been the proven formula. Look. I can tell you how to make $1,000 because I made it before. But if I never made $1,000, I can't never explain to you how to make it. So that's the reality of it. If you want to win in this game, you got to follow the people that are doing it. Don't just try to try to create something on your own when it's never been done before. Or just take pieces from that and see if you can elevate that. I'm not saying that you can't go out there and make two to three thousand dollars, but you gotta follow the lead and figure out ways of what they're doing, manipulate it just a little bit, and create a way, a path, an avenue so you can grow your own. Now, I love what D Law can do, but the issue is that he needs that shoulder done, regardless of the situation. Regardless if he's going to play for the Cowboys or he's going to play for the Ravens. <laughs> he's going to need that shoulder done. So my thing is, who's going to pay for it? Who got the upper hand in this thing? We'll find out one way or another. You guys let me know in the comment box. That's been my time. I really thank you all for yours. And remember, you're listening to nothing but the bass. Salute. I'm out. Let's go, Cowboy Nation. We're going to be back at this day one way or another, man. Let's continue to grind. Let's get ours. Let's go. Brandon Cortez, appreciate you. I am Miss Jackie. Shout out to Brian. Thank those who made the donation to help grow the nation. Let's continue to grow this thing. Let's continue to grow this thing. Check me out on my iTunes. Check me out on Spotify, Roku. We getting it down. <laughs> yes. Shout out to the Browns. <laughs> yes. Salute. Texas T346. Salute. And remember, you're listening.